And now, weighing in out of the blue corner, Josh the Pong Thompson. 100%. And on the other mic, he weighs in from the red corner, Big John McCarthy. Well, hello to everyone and welcome to the Weighing In Podcast, where we complain so much about our last show, <laughs> not our show, the, the UFC show, that they're not going to have one this weekend. So we're just going to talk about news and things like that because they need to reorganize what's going on, get these fighters to go for finishes. That's the most important thing. You know that, my man. How's it going, Joshua Thompson? Man, fights were back, and guess what? Now they're gone. They took them away. <laughs> oh, that was very short-lived. We were all excited. Two shows at two meetings. Two weeks. No, we had the Felicia. They teased us. At least they the teased first us. show was good. The second show, pay-per-view, the one we paid for, wasn't that great, but there was some fun. So guess what? This show... Uh, it's going to be mainly all just Q&A and, and uh, some news talk and whatever else we can think of on the fly. So we're going to give yes, you guys sir. a show here today, and uh, hopefully you guys enjoy the show. Before you guys do anything else, though, make sure you guys that smash the subscribe button. Smash the subscribe button right there. That means like smash, hit it, put it push it hard, whatever it is. I don't even know what it is. Smash it. Smash it, it and uh, let's get this thing going, smash man. Smash your boy. Smash your boy. Smash the subscribe button. Hit the little thumbs and the thumbs up and the bell for the notifications. Well, thank you guys so much for always supporting us. Uh, John, I think we're going to start off with some, some, uh, some Ian Gary trash talk. Is that what we're starting off with today, buddy? Let's go, Dave. Tell us, man. He called John, but I know it was he was talking to you. Yeah, yeah. So we had uh, Ian Gary make fun of uh, the performance of Strickland, the UFC 297. He uh, puts out his reaction and says, "I felt like I'm watching two amateurs fight. If I ever have a fight like that, please tell me to retire." Um, So comments were made. um, You know, some like for example, Johnny Eblen's putting out there. um, He's not impressed with Ian Gary pulling out of his own fight. So that you know. Don't know where Ian Gary <laughs> really gets to the grounds to like make comments like that. Obviously, just taking a shot at Sean because Sean's mm-hmm. taking shots at him. Sean does though come out with a reply saying, Fuck you, Ian, you cuck, saying my boxing is sloppy. I would sleep you if we fought, then I would sleep with your sloppy wife while you watch. Damn. All right. As I say, do not get into pulling family members into the trash talk. Like Sean can say what he wants about Gary. I'm not saying he should have been upset. Stop, stop with the with the wife stuff, man. Stop, stop. Josh, <laughs> tell him stop. Uh, John, you've hung out with me enough now. Like, I don't take this shit personal. Like, my whole life has been like like being involved with fighting for so many years, and. I just never, I never was a trash talker. I never wanted to get into it. I never cared for it. And I thought it brought more tension and stress to the fight, more pressure that I didn't need. Like fighting is already stressful enough. Um, you guys are making it worse. Now I get it. It actually brings more eyeballs to you, but it could be, but they're, not, well, they're not even in the same weight class. Yeah, I get it. They're, they're actually that they're, they're at different levels within the sport right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and but that's I think that's what even makes it worse though, because Ian Gary is the one speaking, and he's not on their level. He's not on Drickus's level. He's not on Sean Strickland's level. Sean Strickland is a champion, mm-hmm. you know. Call it what it was, but he beat somebody that money thought was kind of unbeatable a little bit. There, he was what twenty something and one, I think, was what what Izzy was when she, you know, and Sean beat him. I mean, two. twenty and two after he lost to Yon, but it's you know what I mean, like in, in that mix of. Sean's performed at the highest level. 
didn't have a great fight last fight, and neither did Drickus. Neither one of them did. But that you know, but sometimes styles make fights, and sometimes you know, an awkward style. I I I truly believe that DDP's style is very awkward. Yeah, and it, and it it's caused everyone problems, and I think it it took Sean out of his rhythm that he's comfortable with, and he's got to learn how to take somebody like that and make his style work against it. But I'm going to be honest. He's sitting there talking about, you know, oh, if I ever fight a fight like that, these are two amateurs, you know, tell me to retire or something. Man, son, step up and fight DDP. Step up and fight Sean. Talk is cheap. Well, step up and fight him. Well, look, he hasn't fought at the level. He hasn't fought anybody in that top five. Doesn't matter. He hasn't fought. He he's not there yet. And from what I've seen from his fights, he's not. Like, he's close. He's got skill. He's, he's good. He's got skill. I'll give him. He's good. He's got. Yeah, he's no, got he's a good, good body style for the actual MMA world. I got. I give him credit, man. He's got. He's he's got a lot of natural talent. He's got a. Lot, I'm sure he works hard to get himself there. But the bottom line is, is you haven't fought for a world title yet. So don't criticize people why they're in the middle of a world title fight discussing how, oh, if I fight like that, these guys look like amateur boxers. Son, you've never been there. You know, and here's the other thing. You may never get there. You might not. And so I know I, th- this there's been a lot of guys, yeah. a lot of guys that have had really good careers that have never made it to that title fight. Every time that they're one fight away, they lose yeah. and they never get there. But look, look happens. But look at the other thing. The flip side of that, though, is I know a lot of guys that have gotten there two or three times and still haven't won it. That's true. There's we getting in that cage to win a world title is just something's different about it. And I can't say that there's more pressure because sometimes people are more relaxed when they get out there. They look, I've I've reached where what my goal was was to get here. Now my other goal is to win it, obviously. But like the, the goal for most, for some, were just was just to get there. Like, hey, to say that I fought for the world title. I've known a lot of fighters that said, like, man, all I gotta do is just fight for the world title, and you know, I know I'm gonna win. And but if you thought you were gonna win, you would have said, oh, I'm gonna win that world title. You would have said it differently. So it's for him to come across the way he did. It just it's it was just very shallow. But whatever, man. Look, once you start going at each other's wives and girlfriends and and family and. If you want to keep it to fighting styles, cool, you know. But um, you know, Ian went off on somebody about something, and then Sean came back and did something to Ian off of the whole wife thing. I mean, it just starts becoming contagious. Now you're giving people ammo. I think I saw um, who was that I saw? Uh, Henry Cejudo. He was talking about with with Sean. I think Sean had said some stuff. And he goes, "Man, stop! Just don't talk." Like, yeah. Like I'm sorry, but when you're when you when you are a fighter and you're gonna be publicly you're gonna be out there publicly, keep keep shit to yourself, man. Like I'm sorry, but, but guys gotta learn to just. The guys have always had to do this. We've always had to bottle shit up inside, John, until it come you know until eventually it comes out. And the way we get that shit to come out is by fighting. You know, yeah. you can walk down at school, you're having a bad day, and finally just someone popped off at you, and that's how the fight started. It wasn't anything that person did. It was just the way that they looked at you. It was the way that it aggravated you. You didn't didn't like the the, attitude. It was the attitude. It was the way that they talked. You know, they said something in class you just didn't care about. And you were just having a bad day. But we don't go and tell, you know, in that all that emotion is that we're not telling them 
why I had a bad day, you know, dad yelled at me that morning, you know, mom was mad, whatever it was, you know, sister was stealing my shit or taking my money out of my safe, whatever it was, right. It could be anything, but we weren't telling people, men don't normally tell people what their problem is. Now in today's society, guess what? Everyone's got to tell everyone about their, their home life, their personal business. They want a little bit of that feel back, you know, um, people coming to them going, Oh, you're all right. It's okay. And I'm sorry, but the men just have not been accustomed to that over the last hundred years. Am I right or am I wrong, John? I think you're totally right. I mean, it's like, it's one of those, it's, but it's one of the things it's like, you know, Sean Strickland kind of talks about is that, and it's what the media wants out of him. Let's just be honest. You know, they're asking him leading questions, hoping that he comes up with these answers that he comes up with at times that you go, Oh God, stop. Okay. But the leading, the media, I mean, there's, they're searching for it. You know, I thought Dana actually said the right thing. It's like, you, you go out there and you ask Sean Strickland about it. What, what are you, what are you expecting him to say? You know what he's going to say. You want him to say it, you know? And it's like, you got to get to the point where I, I do appreciate that Dana for the most part stays out of the trash talk. He says, Hey, we let freedom of speech. We let people talk. Okay. But when you have things like this, then you have to put them together because that's the only way to solve it. Put those guys together, put them in a fight. That'll solve it. That'll, that'll be where, you know, the, the, the trash talk's going to end eventually. Yeah, it's going to end. Um, I guess me going back to a, a men just not talking about this type of stuff, keep this shit inside because now you give somebody, you know, you may one day share the cage with, I don't know. I, I don't think they'll ever share the cage with Ian Gary, but I'm simply so. saying, yeah, I don't think so. But the thing is, you're going to be at events together. Probably you're going to be around oh, the yeah. same type of stuff. Whether it's, you know, International Fight Week or whatever they call it now these days, you know, whether it's at a, an event cornering a friend, whatever it is, you may cross paths, you know, when you're in town each other at each other's gyms and maybe come through, you know. The PI. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The Performance Institute for the UFC. You may cross paths. And what's going to happen then? You know, and so if, I guess for me, men have always had to keep their shit bottled up inside because we are the first ones to go ahead and trigger that whole, let's just fucking fight. Because that's what... Well, but see, that's the difference. I'm just going to, I'm going to put it out there and say it. That's the difference between men and women. As a man, no matter what, if you go and you say certain things, like we're, we're getting from both sides here, you know as a man that when I, when I see that person, there's a possibility based upon what I said, that there's going to be an altercation. There's going to be a fight. It's going to break out. And that's the chance that you take by what you say. Mm -hmm. There's always a consequence that goes with it. Women kind of don't have that the same way. You know, they, they talk and they don't really get into the altercations quite as, quite as often as the men. But it's the one thing that keeps men kind of in check is that, hey, you go ahead and say it, someone might put you in your place because of it. And it's okay that you're a fighter. You know, fighting is fighting, but there's a big difference between fighting in the cage Mm -hmm. and fighting when you're not in the cage. You ain't getting paid. 
Not real smart. Yep. Could have charges pressed against you. All these things. Yep. Well, look at Colby Covington with Masvidal. Yeah. Look at what happens. Yeah. Well, like it, this all stems, I think some of it stems from just the performance with Sean and with Drickus. Ian wasn't impressed with that. But then you you also brought up the media and how the media is going to ask questions. Sean, apparently, I think, at the, can you pull up a picture of Sean at the media press conference, Dave? Sean apparently had a T-shirt on. I can't remember what it said. Um, and when he, oh, something about like, oh, women, women should bring in the, in the kitchen, kitchen and guns yeah. in your hand. I want something. to remind you, there's like a there's a pretty popular uh, female uh, podcaster. Can't remember her name. She actually makes these shirts to say women should Pearly be in the kitchen or something like that. What's her name? Oh, per, pearly, pearly things. things. Pearly. Okay, there you go. So she, yeah. what is she? She says she, women shouldn't vote. Women shouldn't vote. Is there one also too that says women should be in the kitchen? Anyway, so women, she, women she shares should, a sentiment. Okay, so, uh, but when I, when I was going back to this media thing, so it's not it's not as if like it's a, a thing that just men are saying. There's there's there are women out there that believe that women should shouldn't vote, I guess, or should be in the kitchen, whatever it is. It's, I I don't understand the logic on this, but what I am going to go ahead and say is the media. If it is media, I'll explain we, the logic once you're okay, done. Okay, when the press when the press is. When the press is there, the media is there, and you're asking questions during fight week. Why are you asking stuff about his shirt? It has nothing to do with the fight. He wore it that day. You're doing he it. Wore wait, it. Wait, he's doing it. Sean's doing it for attention. Yes, people to yes. talk about it and whatever it is. But if you're the media, if you're the true MMA media, ask questions about the fight. Because you asking questions like this for a response from Sean, you're doing it for clickbait. You're bait. That's it. There, to any other reason not to ask about his opponent, not to ask about the promotion, not to ask about the fight itself, or to ask about what's next, that is you trying to get clickbait material for your own purpose and your own your own uh, platform and your own website, whatever it is. That is that has nothing to do. If you are a true media MMA media person, you should have been asking about the fight. Asking any other way, any any other questions otherwise is. You're trying to get clickbait material. Yeah, they're trying. They know that Sean is the person who's going to just pop off and say something, and they want that. But the, the the whole thing with the voting and stuff, and really what it comes down to is, you know, and I'm not saying I agree with it, no. but it's women have a right to vote, and those votes count in a way that can cause men to have to go and do certain things, conscription meaning the draft. Mm -hmm. You know, you got to figure women started being able to vote somewhere right around the 1920s is when that, you know, the right to vote came in for them. That was just after World War One. How many women were drafted for World War One? Zero. Then you start having people that are having votes into the say of government when they don't have the same obligations or consequences that men are going to have by you know, you get into wars, you're going to get drafted. You're going to go to war. You could die mm -hmm. where the woman who voted for things that caused this now situation, she doesn't have those same situation, those same things. And that's, I know that's the side that people talk about. Mm -hmm. Do I agree with it? No, I'm not saying I agree with it. I think everyone should have a right to vote, but you know, that's what it comes from. Yeah. I think if you're the media, you shouldn't during fight week, and I think if you're a fighter, don't answer, don't answer, don't answer questions like that. You have something to talk. That's you have a thing. you have a question about my opponent. 
I will ask it. About my fight. I don't care. About how I trained. About what I think he does. I don't care what I'm wearing on my shirt. I'm doing it for me. I don't care. If you have a question about my opponent. But it's going to come down to, why why are you wearing that shirt? None of your business. Because they're going to pry. None of your business. And that's what you need to say. Yeah, it's none of your business. Because I want to. Can I give you a counterpoint to, to Let's see, go. to give you like something to argue against? Then, so you've obviously the guy who asked the question that, that sparked this whole thing was mm-hmm. uh, worked for MMA fighting. Uh, okay. Aaron Hawani's associate with MMA fighting. Aaron did a piece on his show about um, well, of course, if you're going to wear the t-shirt, you're provoking that type of response. That's um, not true. That, that's not true. So, that's I can't. True. I can't. I'm, so go ahead. Go ahead, Dave. Sorry. Yeah. So so of course, um, you know. From he's in the media, right? Ariel's in the media, so he's looking at it with the with the media lens. And so, mm-hmm. you guys have just kind of laid your point out from fighter lens and and part of the sport lens. Um, but so then, how do you rebuke something like that, like a point like that? So you're saying that it's it's okay for him to give a reaction like that or have questions like that because Sean has a shirt oh, on because Sh- Sean made the con- Sean orig- so he followed up on comments Sean had made right the mm-hmm. media guy asked Sean a question about comments Sean had made mm-hmm. right so so the idea is that Sean you made the comment so your account you're, so of course you if we of course it, you're accountable for those comments you, mm-hmm. right so of course we at, if we want to ask you a question about it it's fair game because you made the comments in the first place it's kind of the argument yeah. were the comments made in fight week um i mean I were mean, they were, was it is this really what sean was this on did sean make these comments during fight week or during the press conference he said I mean, a lot of stuff during the as he as he built up that has and, nothing and, to do with this fight this is a different fight what I said, what I said three weeks ago, has nothing to do with this week in Fight Week. Doesn't matter. It shouldn't matter. Like, why? If you are a true MMA um, media, you should be asking about the fight. Doesn't matter what he's wearing. You're saying you can't control yourself enough to because that provoked you so much. You had to ask about the T-shirt. I thought we were professionals here. Be professional and ask about the fight. Ask about how his camp went. Ask about his coaches. Ask about anything to do with the fight. That is your job. Not to stir up bullshit about his t-shirt. He wore it. You saw it. You read it. You guys can talk amongst yourself beyond, but it's not fight related. Why are you asking it? That's it. That's the bottom line. Do your job. Your job is to ask about the fight. Build up the fight and do your job cover the fight do your job that's it it's not to ask you about that it's not you are you are prying let people let if you want to write your own thing about it go right ahead what your thoughts are on it go right ahead that's your opinion on it that's all but during fight week why ask that question knowing that you're going to stir more up you're going to stir it up even more knowing that there's going to be more stuff coming on and he's trying to focus on the fight Maybe that's maybe that shirt makes him feel more comfortable. Who knows? But you guys should care about more about the fight and not about his stupid ass shirt. That's where this goes. And and I saw some of the I saw some of the aerial interview or the aerial thing about how well Dana didn't used to be that way. When Dana wasn't that way before, things were different. There wasn't a lot of this. Things were just different in that time. The sport, the, the sport was in a different position. Absolutely. With with a different criteria of everyone was saying we were barbarians everyone was saying we were thugs everyone was saying we're trying to kill each other and dana was trying to get people especially educated fighters Mm -hmm. ones with college degrees 
to act like you had a college degree, speak like you have a college degree. Don't give the media the ammunition they're looking for to say that you're a barbaric thug. That was back when, you know, 20, you know, 2000, 2001, 2002, uh, Dana was facing that all the time. So yeah, he's going to want to slow people down. Now he's mainstream, you know, I'm, I'm letting people do what they want. These are fighters. This is what they're going to do. But Sean does have to be smart enough to do exactly what you're doing. And just sit there and say, hey, you want to ask me a, a question about the fights? Mm -hmm. Let's go. You want to ask me a question about my shirt? Fuck off. Well, there's there's two. There's a couple ways of approaching this. Bueno Silva said, I love Sean. She apparently is gay. I didn't know she was gay, but she's apparently gay. <laughs> Bueno Silva. She said they, they had brought up comments about Sean's request. Oh, that's because Sean said something about yeah. the Pennington versus Silva. Okay. Fight. And then and then Raquel Pennington <clears throat> after the fight had clarified some stuff too. Like, Sean, if I she's like if you want to have a talk, we can sit down and talk. That could not have been a better answer. No. The, okay, I, I, because no one no one no reason to say something that's gonna get the media involved to stir the pot even more. Shut the media down. Stop giving them clickbait shit and just say, look, if Sean wants to talk to me, I'd love to sit down. And that's exactly what she said. If you want to sit down with me, we can learn a lot from each other. I couldn't have asked for a better answer. Response. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, and yeah. um, it just, and when I when go back to the Ariel situation where with Ariel, I really believe when Ariel's talking about, well, Dana didn't do this, Dana did this back then. <clears throat> Dana was telling people not to do this and do this back then. I get that. I understand what you're talking about, but I also, I couldn't, I'm, right off the top of my head, I'm like exactly on which, on which times. He's had like Forrest Griffin had to apologize for something <clears throat> for, I guess, a date rape ban or something like that. or I don't know, something like that. There were some comments made by Forrest. There were some comments made by s someone else. And these are just things <clears throat> off the top. And then they later had to come out and put out an apology. I want to remind people, though, like not just, but Ariel as well, that this country and this the everything that's going on right now in the world was at a way different place, way different place. So to try to relate the two things, right now people are being shut down from their jobs, like because they didn't want to get they didn't want to get a jab. People are being silenced. Yeah, they're being silenced and shut down completely, like. People are getting people to lose their job. People are getting people fired. People are taking, and when that happens, children are not being fed. More homelessness is being created. All of these things, just because someone said someone mean that you couldn't handle. Not you per se. I'm not, strict, I'm not saying this about Ariel. Just want to make sure we're clarifying that. I'm just saying about in general, we are in a different place than we were, okay, when those situations and circumstances happened back then. But even back then, I do not recall. Dana ever getting rid of a fighter based upon something they said. Miguel Torres, I, that was one of them. I, he said something, I guess, got fired and then got brought back. I think is what Ariel brought up. One of them was Miguel Torres. He got fired for something. And then, okay. uh, then he was because I, I do remember Dana getting rid of fighters for fighting outside <laughs> of the cage. You know, he did that several times with people. And it's like, I'm glad hey, it wasn't me. He's, He's <laughs> it was close. Yeah. He was at UFC 42. Yeah, I know. I was going to say, you had, you had two more shows to go. 
Josh, uh, even you have that personal experience, right, with Dana, where um, like Dana was asked about comments, um, about uh, comments mm-hmm. that you got some controversy for yeah. back back around that yeah. time, and and even Dana then was like, you know, if uh, you know, he just didn't like the, he just didn't like you at that time. He's clearly just didn't like you, but he as far as your comments, like he just he didn't. It's not like he held it against you or he was going to cut you or anything like that. I mean, yeah, like, but that just, that was another cir- that was another situation where people on social media got a hold of it and just, and I just started pitching an argument to people that I don't even know. And the argument was simply, yeah, it was, I didn't want to really get into that, but it's just, <laughs> I, can, I, can cut it, I can cut it. In hold it. If, no, you no. Hold it. Cut, if, no, if you, if you want it, you just do it. We're telling Sean Strickland. You want to talk about the fight? No, I'm not talking about yeah, it. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it just, it, it really, it really just came down to um, Dana said like, I thought he said some stupid stuff and I thought, you know, I thought he needs to stop with that. Not only that, he's like, there's things that you need to, you need to lead out, leave politics out of all your post fight speeches and leave religion out of all your post fight speeches. It's pretty clear. I mean, like if you want to thank God, thank God. Okay. But let's not get drawn on about all this. Cause a lot, you're turning a lot of people off. Look, whatever, do whatever you want. When you have the mic in your hands, just know that some people are going to like it and some people are not. You could be the richest guy in the world trying to solve world hunger. And people are going to fucking hate you. There's the thing with there the beast go. going around with the social media. Oh my God. He's trying to do wells or whatever in Africa. And apparently he was doing it. He put more water there than anyone. And they're all sitting there saying, because, oh, you know, he's, he's just doing it for the fame. No, they said be, he's, they, we don't need anything from the white give guy. Sh- that was the actual complaint sh- was that we don't need anything from the white guy. Who Who's saying it? The people that are getting uh, the water? No, no, it's not that. Not the people getting the water. So stupid. Um, but overall, look, the, the overall view of this is that we went in from Ian Gary to Sean Strickland, uh, you know, and Drickus even had a comment to Ian Gary. Don't worry. I'll never be in this type of fight, you know, because he'll, <laughs> he'll never have to fight for a title. See, but that's, that's a, that that's was a, a great comment, you know? And then my, like I said, my overall was Raquel Pennington. Absolutely amazing. Great job. And I think when you sit two people down in front of each other, it's so funny how a lot of these this drama shit goes away. Whether mm-hmm. look, it could be it could be. Darren and I have had our beefs. You know, I've had some problems with some other guys as well. But every time I seem to see them in person, it doesn't seem like there's a problem. I don't have a problem with anyone. And if I if I if I do, then let's just let's just hash it out. If you feel like there is one there, let's hash it out. In this situation, Sean, I don't think has a problem with Raquel Pennington, uh, no. Bueno Silva, any 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 of them. I don't think he has a problem with any female that is gay or trans or what. It doesn't matter. I don't think. I don't think. Hold on, that 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 wasn't the point that he was no. making. No, it had it had nothing to do with someone being uh, gay or anything like that. He doesn't care. I don't think anyone cares. Yeah, in you this know? shirt, it doesn't say vote. It says a woman in the in every kitchen and a gun in every hand. It kind of says vote for Sean Strickland twenty twenty four. Yes, it does. Sean. Uh, Interesting, uh, but. I look at that. The comment that Sean was making was that the women are not as inter- entertaining to watch as the men. They're you know they're not as good, so they're not as entertaining. Now, I don't agree with that. I enjoy, you know, when women compete at a high level and are really put. Some of the best damn fights we've ever seen are between women. Mm-hmm. Okay, but now if you're gonna sit there and say, okay, take that woman and put it put her against a man, who's gonna win? Okay, that's ridiculous. That's stupid. Mm-hmm. There's a reason why we have women's sports. And that's for women to compete and compete on a level that they have equal footing in. 
You don't put a put the woman against a man and say, "Oh, now who's going to win?" Who gives a shit? No. But all right, I think we've exhausted this one. You think <laughs> we've exhausted it? Well, let's move to a, a more happy note then, and we'll uh, bring you into this next story here. Uh, Frank Yeager getting announced as uh, the next inductee in the Hall of Fame. What do you guys think? Absolutely, as deserved as anyone there is. You know, when I, I I tweeted something, I Frankie, yeah, congratulations, you you deserve that as much as anyone ever, and I mean that. I'm not saying that there's not other people that deserve it as much as him, but no one has ever deserved it more. The guy, for a career, put on incredible fights, showed incredible, you know, heart. Just always seemed to be against the odds. Fought for the title at 155 and won it against BJ Penn. You know. He's got three wins against BJ, and that's when BJ was fighting well, Mm -hmm. when he was champion, you know, and fought for the 145-pound title, fought for the 135-pound. I mean, the the guy is just remarkable that he was competitive in three different weight classes, competitive throughout his career, was a champion, and did it all with class. Absolutely. Every time you saw him, he's just a happy good guy who you know what he wasn't you know obviously he wasn't the strongest he wasn't the the heaviest hitter he wasn't the best wrestler he just put it all together to where he was goddamn good at all of them yeah if you haven't had an opportunity go back and watch i believe it was his first fight in the oc against tyson griffin just an absolute great fight two little ferrets when i when i started using that as a, I thought both of them were going to have tore up knees <laughs> in that damn fight. When I started using that little analogy of two little ferrets grappling, it was because of that fight. These guys yeah. were just scrambling around in the wrestling, the jiu-jitsu, all of these things. And then he came and trained shortly after that at AKA and absolutely loved. He lived with me, him and uh, him and uh, one of his good buddies. And um, it, it just was Chris Ligori. I was trying to remember uh, his uh, for his last name. Uh, but Chris Ligori used to come and the, the answer and the story was their nicknames. Yep. And um, they uh good, good people, man. Had a great time. They came and trained for like, a, you know, 10 days or so. And then eventually they just moved in with me and came back out a couple more times for some camps. But just an overall fantastic human being. And then on top of I, I can't say this enough. He did the most with what he had. And what I mean by that is that he, I could not believe that he was fighting at 155. I couldn't believe it. Dude, he was weighing in at 155 pounds. Oh, yeah. Fully hydrated, fully going out for breakfast. I mean, he was making it without cutting weight. Yeah, he maybe had to skip a meal. You know, it was like, okay, well, I don't got to eat the night before. I'll wake up on weight. Like, it was... He was not a big guy. He was fast. He had great wrestling. His transitions from great one cardio. takedown to from one takedown to the next. His cardio, the way he could push the pace. I mean, he looks tired sometimes, but then he pushed through and drove through. So mentally strong. I look at him, and we were just talking about fighters that were always that had got one or two tries at a title shot. Gray Maynard was a part a, tra- a training partner of mine. Fought twice for the world title, came up short. Kenny Florian, three times, fought for a world title, came up short. There's been guys, plenty of people in there that have come up short and never gotten back to that position. Frankie Edgar was there. um, And unfortunately, I feel bad for him in one area. He was only able to fight rematches when he was the champ. 
which was the shittiest situation, is that he fought BJ, then a rematch. Then he fought Benson, then a rematch. It was like always a rematch for him because the fights were so close. But um, but then I also look at it too, is he ended up going down to 45. And he started, he went down to 45, I would say a little bit towards the end of, end of, not end of his career, but towards the end of his prime, he started to go down towards 45 a little bit. And had two unbelievable battles against yes, Aldo. Yes, against Aldo, yes. Um, he, he had a great knockout over Chad Mendez. I mean, he just... Oh my God, I did that fight. Yeah. <laughs> unbelievable. He, I mean, I was... I was surprised. You talk about that moment where, I like, I thought if someone was going to get knocked out, it could be Frankie yeah. because Chad had power. Yeah. And Frankie hit him, and I'm telling you, I watched Chad go out. I mean, he was out and hit the ground and kind of came back, and Frankie and I stopped it. And Chad had no idea what had happened, but it was like Frankie Edward, when he, when he has, especially when he had someone coming towards him, man, he popped. You know, he could put someone's lights out. He put Chad Mendes' lights out. John over here trying to justify his stoppage. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. Incredible performance because it well, I thought that fight was going to go for a while. Yeah, you know? when I when I trained with Frankie, the feet on the hips, you know how you this was back in the day, feet on the hips, kick him back, right? Push I could back. launch him back a good five six feet, but by the time I could get back towards or up close to my feet, he was already back on top of me. Like he was, he was so quick. He understood exactly what I was doing. He knew, like he knew how to work. He knew how to go hard. He knew. He was one of the best training partners I ever had, you know, ever coming up, man. It was awesome. When he had the second fight with uh, Benson, I mean, I went out to New Jersey, trained out there for a week with him, uh, about 10 days, I think. And then, uh, you know, I just, I, I, I trained the whole time, Southpaw for him, just to get ready for the Benson fight. I thought he won the second Benson fight. First fight, I could see how they gave it to Benson, but the second fight. Benson won the first yeah, one. Yeah, I, I thought Benson won the first one. And, uh, even though I was going for Frankie, Benson won the first one. But the second one, I thought for sure it was Frankie's. Yeah. I was just in shock. And then he ended up going out at 45. I wonder how what he what he would have been able to do, um, continue to do at 145, because he was at his best at 145, because he was faster, his footwork, his wrestling, his chain wrestling, his guillotines were really good. His ability to keep the top position, being such a small guy, I was the way it just all of it came together at 155. As he started going down in weight, it became harder and harder because the kids, the guys down there were getting faster. And some of them were developing the the power at the 145, you know, and Aldo with the leg kicks and all the other things. But he is definitely gonna I'm surprised. I'm not surprised, let's just say I was like, man, I'm surprised they didn't try to induct him before he retired. <laughs> He's you know, because he was just one of those guys that you knew. I mean, he fought. Fought almost for he didn't fight for a world title at one thirty five, correct? I think he. I want to say that he was right there. I, I, I know he was wrong. right there, but I don't think he ever did fight for a title at thirty five. I could I could be wrong in that. I thought there was a guy that was there that he was supposed to. He did not. No. Uh. Uh-uh. Nope. Boy, was it Max? No, no, it's no, because Max would have been forty five. Oh, Ortega that's right. was Sorry, 45. Max. Yeah, was 45. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Got it. All those. Munoz, Munoz would have been his first at 135. Yeah. Got it. I mean, overall, great career. Always fought his ass off. And, uh, I mean, everyone knows the historic fights with him and Gray Maynard and what he went through in those fights. And when you talk, you talk about those, Gray Maynard was a big 155er. Yeah. Gray Maynard was a 
put together stud and could wrestle. And Gray Maynard had him in trouble in, you know, well, almost in all three. He fought him three times, but two of those, the championship ones, were incredible fights. Incredible. Gray Maynard's the only guy in practice I never was able to take down. That son of a bitch. He <laughs> <laughs> was fuck. He could fucking wrestle, man. And he, he could was wrestle. cock strong. He was the bully. He he bullied me around the cage quite a bit, man. He was horrible to train with. I mean, he was fantastic to train with. I mean, you know what I yes, mean? It was just it was very painful at times. Uh, but man, he was he was a walking book of knowledge. The guy shared his information. You know, he didn't hold anything back and. He was just absolutely just a, gr- a beast to train with, man. Big power in his hands, and just, and I after getting hit by him, and seeing what Frankie went through with little gloves, being able to survive and then come back and get a draw and then a win and get a knockout, I should say, um, just says a lot about Frankie. But to have he was, I felt like he was cursed with his his uh, rematches. His whole title run was all rematches. It was Gray Maynard. It was BJ Penn. It was you know it was um, uh, Benson Henderson. All rematches. I would have liked to have seen him have more opportunities to fight other people. He was constantly training for the same fight over and over. And I was like, ah, oh, this sucks. But it was, uh, he, it was awesome. It was awesome to see him come up the way he was. And definitely a first ballot Hall of Famer. Congratulations to our boy, Frank Yeager. All right, let's look at this next one here. Um, we have Hamza out saying that he was promised the next uh, fight for the title. After, he was promised if he beat us, when we get the title fight. Uh, obviously Dana's um Dana's like, you know, not making any plans publicly for what that looks like right now. Um but Hamza's saying if he he he'd be surprised if the title fight for the one eighty five is not him next. What do you guys think? Is he deserving? Is he really the next guy? Are there, you know, other ones that make sense in there? Or should he should he be should he be there getting a title shot? Go ahead. I mean, I've said I've said it over and over. I'm not sold on him yet. As much as I, I look, I think he's a great fighter. I think he's a really good fighter. I'm not quite sold on him yet. I want to see more. And it has nothing to do with, I think he's marketable. I like that he's got a, he's got a, a talking mouthpiece. He talks specifically about the fighters that like, go, oh, I used to beat Sean up in the training room. Yeah, but we're talking about practice. That's not what we do around here. Okay. Like it really comes down to beating somebody up in the training room. Doesn't mean shit. Um, it has to do with the other, you can get it done out there. I have seen you are good out there in the cage. We've seen it, but we've also seen lapses of, I've seen him struggle. I've seen you struggle. Gilbert Burns is a fantastic fighter. Gilbert Burns dropped you, you know, and then you fought a, a Kamar Usman, who was a 70 pounder beefed up on short notice. And it shouldn't, it shouldn't have been that close. You had a full camp ready to go. You talk about your, yeah, re- well. you talked about your wrestling. You talked about this, you talked about that. I didn't see it in that fight. Saw it in the first round. Yeah. First but the knock's always been to me, John, is the cardio. There's no doubt. It is the problem because if there's one thing that you can look and say is that, look, he's a he's a monster, mm-hmm. especially in the first round. He's got good wrestling. Now, there are people out there that can stop his wrestling, okay? But he's got really good wrestling. And when he can dominate in the wrestling – He's a motherfucker in that first round because he's all over people. He's putting pressure on him. He's landing big shots, but he gets tired. You know, Conor McGregor is a motherfucker in the first round. Let's just be honest. He is got power in his hands. He hurts people in the standup and he's 
someone that you've got to get through that first round. But once you get through the first round, they're not quite the same fighter going into the second, especially going into the third. And Hamzad has shown his weakness right now is not that he's not in shape. He's in shape. He doesn't know how to control the fight the way he needs to and, and take those moments to grab air and settle down and then come back into the fight and maintain that pace that he can go the full three or five rounds. You know, if there's one thing that, you know, Duplessis showed in his fight against Strickland, I was thinking that, you know, I've seen him get tired. He showed I can disrupt someone's rhythm and I can control that and I can go the five rounds. Hamza's going to have to do that. I, I look and truthfully, you know, if you pull up his record right now, he's got a win against uh, Mearshart at 185. Okay. That was a long time ago, but he's got that win. All right. But if you pull up his record right now, how many, how many fights against 185ers does he have? Well, he's got a Let's win against honest. Kevin Holland at 180. Yeah. That's 85 what pounder. Is, yeah. He's not. He's a one seventy. Yeah, but John, I'm saying, he used to fight no, what I'm saying though, that's an eighty five pound match. So you could, yeah, it was technically rank him in the eighties, in the eighty fives. But he's only had mm-hmm. two, and both those guys, Kamaru Usman is a hundred and seventy pounder, and Kevin Holland right now is what a hundred and seventy pounder. So he hasn't even had those. Yeah, those were at one eighty five. I'm not saying they're not, but still, he's not taking on the guys that are in the top five of the middleweights. Not there yet. And that's where I say he needs to have a solid fight. You know, put him against, you know, an Israel Adesanya. Put him against a Jared Cannonier. Put him against a Robert Whitaker. Put him against Marvin Vittoria. I don't care. But those are the guys that are going to tell me exactly where you're at because a lot of them are going to survive that first round and they're going to put the pressure on you and they're going to make you tired. And... These guys are of your size. Because look, he's long, he's got power, he's strong, but he gasses. Mm-hmm. And to sit there and say that off of the Kamaro Usman win, let's be honest, he got the win, no doubt about it. That third round, who won it? Yeah. <clears throat> Kamaro Usman did. Mm-hmm. And if there was a fourth round, I think it was going to be Kamaro Usman winning that one too. So, I don't know. I, I'm I'm saying the same thing. I agree that right now you need to show me that you can beat one of the top 185ers. I said it after the Kamar Usman fight. I, I'm not sold on him. That was one. Two is Dana White. I think had the impression that he was going to go out there and dominate Kamar Usman because Kamaro took it on one week's notice. Yeah. Definitely wasn't in shape. And then Kamaro ended up having better conditioning than him in the third round. So that had to make Dana reevaluate. What he had said to him, like, if you beat Kamaro, you beat him dominantly or whatever it is, you get the next title shot. There was a lot of hype around him. And I would agree with the hype at the time when it was coming up, when he was coming up for the 70 pounders or whatever it was. He was had some dominant performances during the COVID era. Then he got COVID real bad, apparently. And he was out. That's when we started seeing that his condition. Yeah, he was saying he was never going to fight again. Yeah. So how bad are your lungs? Because, look, there's there's a couple guys that I know in, that are here that are fighters. Um, but used to be fighters. They got COVID so bad that it fucked up their lungs. Now they can't they can't fly on a plane. So they they literally went down to CPI stem cells to try to get treatment for it. So they did the IV. Uh, I want to say 150 million uh, stem cells at CPI. 
to see if that would help with their recovery. And they're still not able to, to fly, but it's only been about two, three months, two and a half, two and a half months. But these are because there's results showing that that stem cells will help your lungs after being damaged from COVID. Now, I don't know to what extent, obviously everyone's body's different, but the friend that I know, he's not able to quite fly yet. So he's got to actually drive everywhere to all of his son's wrestling matches. Yeah, so see, that's crazy because you're thinking a plane pressurizes at 10,000 yep, feet. He's not, he can't, he tried doing a short little flight from here down to Houston and he's not able to fly. He's like, it was so painful, so painful. I feel like I couldn't get a breath. I couldn't breathe deep. He's like, I couldn't get it. So he has to drive. Like his son just wrestled in Stanford and then just wrestled again up in Oregon. So he had to drive all the way from Texas, all the way to the West coast and then up the, up the coast and then all the way back here. It's crazy. So I can just sit here and go, I can just, from what I have friends and their, what they're telling me with their, their lungs got messed up from COVID. And then now him having these type of reactions, I'm not going to hold it against him. I think he's a fantastic fighter. I'm just not sold dead on his ability to fight hard for three rounds because how do I know you can fight hard for five rounds? I'm not trying to knock you. You're, I know he's a savage. He's a tough fighter. He's got skills. But something happened in that process of his lungs getting messed up, and I don't know if he's the same fighter he was before he got COVID. It's a good point. Fair assessment. It's a really good point. Yep. And since when, though? Since when did we start taking Dana for his word anyways? You're next in line for a title shot. Come on, guys. Let's, let's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on, <laughs> fighters. You guys got to stop that stuff. Don't do handshake deals, okay? Don't do that stop stuff. Stop believing. Don't do that stuff. Uh, before we go, before we carry on, though, make sure you guys subscribe to our show here. Hit the little subscribe button down below. You can also hit the subscribe button on OnlyFans.com slash weighing in. Hit the subscribe button over there. Got extra content for you guys. We're going to be doing some lives there this week because we got to do them this week before the month comes to an end. So we want to make sure that we um, you guys join us over there. Subscribe to us over there. It is free subscription at OnlyFans.com slash weighing in. You guys like my little, uh, my little OnlyFans over here on the side. I got that. I also got my little shirt today. So flossing it, but hey, follow us and subscribe to us over there. It is free. Pimping like a mother. You know, it feels a little bit, it feels a little bit more like when John and I do our lives over there, it feels a little bit more free. There's a lot more connection with the the people that are listening to us. They actually right away get their answers to their questions. Uh, we talk for, you know, a good 30, you know, anywhere between 25 to 45 minutes, depending. John and I have a tendency to sometimes just to ramble on like I'm doing, no. like I'm doing right now. But uh, make sure you guys subscribe to us on our YouTube channel as well as our Clips channel and also over here on our OnlyFans.com. Dave, what else you got for us, buddy? Yep. Um, now, Chris Cyborg has come out and said, I am 10-0 since the fight with Amanda Nunes. Um, and she's talking about a return to, maybe it's time to return to UFC, tags Dana White on, on X. Mm-hmm. Um, now obviously, Dana has been vocal about not being out of the Cyborg business, but... Mm-hmm. Want to get your reaction there? Is this just kind of like you know um, theatrics on on X, or what do you think? I'm going to tell you, there's theatrics going on throughout all of it. Chris is in a position; she's got a contract. She may not like what's happening with her contract right now. She may not like what's being asked of her from the people who have now absorbed her contract, but they've got a contract on her, so she can sit there and say what she wants as far as going and fighting you know, Amanda that's great but the people that she has a contract with right now unless they break that contract which they haven't done in fact they just let her box she had a first round knockout beautiful win but she's going to have to fulfill 
part of the obligations as long as they hold up their end of the obligation. And what that end is, is their pay. Uh, this is, this is a lot of, <laughs> this is a lot of, this is a lot of gamesmanship right here. That's exactly on, that what was this be- is. Was that not beautifully done? No, it was, it was. I'm talking, okay. I'm talking about on her part though, too. She knows exactly yeah. what she's doing. I'm, oh yeah. I'm 10 and 0. Amanda, uh, Amanda's talking about coming back. Dana said that he's out of the fight business. Dana's never out of the fight business when it can make him money. Let's not, he's not out of making, he's not out of the Chris Cyborg. He business. would be back in the yeah. Cyborg business yeah. as fast as he could possibly yeah. move if it was going to make him big money. Yeah. And that fight, that fight, you could, you could headline that fight again with the knockout, <coughs> the way that it happened the first time, oh, yeah. the exchanges they had in that first round, all of that stuff. And then hit her coming back to the UFC. I mean, it just it would it would make it would make headlines with Amanda coming out of retirement. Yes, it would make headlines. Oh, absolutely, it would make headlines. Um, in terms of she does have a contract with the PFL. Um, it just it's letting I th- I look at this and I say it's letting the PFL know that you guys need to toe the line or at least get on the same page as me as us trying to work together. So um, so I can grow my career some more, my brand and my career. She's been very clear about what her brand is. She's like, I, I'm building my brand. I'm not helping to build yours. We're going to do ours together. Sure. We'll we'll do it together, but I'm going to build mine. Mine needs to be built. So that means you need to keep me active. I need to be fighting everybody at the highest level. If you don't have any people at the highest level, then let's find me another Avenue to go ahead and, um, and make money. She seemed a little upset, but they never, the PFL never did any type of uh, promotion or help push her boxing match. Like they do with Francis Ngannou. Um, that's already been put out there. She's doesn't seem like things are going the way that she would like, but there's still a lot to be, there's a lot to be had. There's a lot that needs to be worked out. Anytime there's an an exchange, an exchange of a purchase or a buyout of another company, there's so many loose ends that need to be tied up. It's going to take a year. I mean, it's going to take, it's going to take some time. It's not easy. And so when the fighters should be the first people to pretty much get taken care of, but it's not always that way. Like, she had a fight lined up with boxing. So they're like, okay, we'll put her on the back burner until after that fight. If she gets cut, then why are we going to schedule something or get people talking about it until after all this? So they let that fight happen. She's ready to fight now. Now Kayla's having some contract stuff. Let all this dust settle. I think with Chris, she really wants to be active. She wants to fight again right away. She's not able to. Nothing you can do. The promotion's got to do their business too to make everyone else happy, not just one fighter. So I see both sides. But this was a nice little gamesmanship by Chris letting them know, hey, um, you know, I can also go back to the UFC. I don't know if that's true or not, but I believe it will be. If, if Amanda comes back, I believe it is. If Amanda comes back, because if Amanda, and then if Chris wins, oh. then they're going to have a three. That's oh, yes. another two. That's another year, year and a half of putting things together. So there, there's plenty of time. But little gamesmanship right there from, uh, from Chris Cyborg. She's letting them know. All right, so in that same kind of vein, Dana White um, being out of the, the these you know not entertaining these ideas. Uh, he's asked about UFC 300 um, and who's coming back. He did say that we shouldn't expect anything out of left left field for this. He's just going to kind of set it up to be every fight is must see, which I think so far he's uh, that speaks true. Um, but he's 
ruled out Ronda coming back. He's ruled out GSP coming back. He's ruled out Lesnar coming back. Have we not said that, though? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so I guess the question to you guys is, do you want nostalgia here, or are you excited about the future of the sport being present on UFC 300? I guess that's one of the questions. Do you have any other thoughts on it? Well, I... I saw I saw another clip that Ariel had did yesterday. I believe also there was like a on social media. Well, you're watching Ariel a lot. Well, I had people sending me over the thing with the Strickland situation yesterday, and then I saw and then I saw another clip about how he talked about D, uh, DDP and Izzy. I've been saying that since before, so I'm glad I'm glad he listens to our show. It makes me feel good about that. But it's look, if there was going to be a main event, because the main event they have in place right now is still be to be de- determined type thing. I could see them sliding DDP and Izzy in there. And I said this over a month ago. I mean, just It was all perfect. It, it would be picture perfect for them. Izzy saying that he's ready to come back, but it's going to probably jump in camp around March. But look, money does a lot of weird things to fighters. Izzy's at a stage, <laughs> no. Izzy's at a stage too where the excitement of fighting DDP will get him back in the gym today. Maybe even probably last week. You know, and DDP coming out and say, look, all I took was a couple little, you know, a small little cut under my eye. My eye's a little swollen. It'll go down in a day or two, which it will, um, as long as he takes care of it. And the stitches in the eye, right below the eye or whatever it is, probably just five days, seven days, no contact, maybe even up to two weeks, no contact. But that doesn't mean you can't do cardio. Just keep the pace, keep going, run, stay in shape, hit mitts, hit the bag. All that stuff is available. That fight come in March, you'll be in plenty of, you'll be in great shape, both fighters. Within that period of time, it's not like Izzy left two years ago. He literally left like what four months ago, five months ago. He's not. He's been gone for four or five months. That's a break for some fighters. He's it's a normal. Yeah, break. it's a normal break. So what? I don't. I don't understand. Like as if he couldn't just get back in shape. He could. He'd be fine. He'd be fine. So yeah, I believe. I believe that that's still going to potentially be your main event. Why? Let me let me ask you that. Why is it? You know, when you when people bring up these names, bring up Ronda Rousey, George St. Pierre, Brock Lesnar. I heard Habib. I heard that too. <laughs> that that's because Habib was in the gym working out with Javier Mendez. I mean, yeah. that makes you that's your your reason that oh, he's coming back. If there was a guy that I would look at and say, Well, there's two of them, George St. Pierre and Habib. Mm-hmm. Two of the smartest guys there is as far as they're fighting careers. George is smart enough to know when, no, nope, it's a bad fight for me. Why would I do that? Why am I going to put my legacy on the line when it's really just about dollars? Mm-hmm. You got to look and say, what, what's valuable? Is, you know, is, is it worth that much? Ronda Rousey has not fought a damn MMA fight in how long? Uh, back 20 you know 2017 that was her last one or was it 2018 i want to say it was 2017 that's a long time we're talking seven years that's crazy to think that she's just going to jump back in 16 the last day pretty much mm-hmm. yeah what's well, all right so 27 seven years that's yeah you expect her to just to jump back in and oh it's going to be a great fight yep. it's not brock lesnar I love Brock. He's a great guy. He's a monster of a fucking man. When you look at him, you go, God damn, he's thick. He's freaking how old now? You should know right off the top of your head, Dave. But Brock's got to be 45, 46. Okay. He was never a great fighter. He was a 
big heavyweight in a weight class that didn't have a lot of people that could wrestle and his wrestling worked for him until he showed that he didn't like getting hit. Why, why am I going to want to want to watch Brock go in a fight where who's he going to fight? Who? It's crazy. You know, I want to see good competition. I don't care. You don't have to, you don't have to dredge up, you know, the stars of the past. They got enough stars. Now there are stars out there in the UFC. There's people that, you know what? People want to see fight. You don't have to, you know, there's no reason to watch again and, and nothing against Brock 46 years old. No, there's no reason for me to watch Brock fight anymore. He's done. He's a, he's a pro wrestler. He's a great guy. Let him be. Yeah. If he wants to fight a YouTuber, I might tune in, but that's, <laughs> that's about it. There you go. I have no problem with that. No, like I feel like there's so much flack on this UFC 300. Like they're expecting some, greek god to come down and challenge gsp yeah. and and habib and i'm like it's crazy this is a really good card i am looking uh, it's an unbelievable yeah. card yeah even without we don't even know who the main event is but the card itself is fantastic i mean outside outside of outside of connor right now the ones that are available uh john jones being injured izzy's the next biggest draw i think out of all the the champs and that would put him right there against Volkanovski's right up there. Yeah, Volk is absolutely Volk is, but he's fighting previously, so he's fighting he, in he'll be out. But he is um, with Izzy. Izzy being the guy, and then also with DDP, you have a whole country now behind you with South with Africa, but a, not maybe not a whole country, but at least the southern part. They're, at least the southern yeah, part. they're going to be yeah. they're going to be supporting him. Um, and so when I when I'm looking at who could potentially slide into that main event. That's the only fight that really made sense to me. You know, Hamzat getting over that that rash or whatever it was he had all over his body. He said he's back training now. Um, you know, Kamar Usman, not really sure what's going on, what he's going to do right now. It seems like he's up in the air. He is training. I saw him playing golf with Justin Gaethje the other day. Uh, you know, Gaethje down at Kill Cliff, you know, getting some training in down there in Florida. So he's got his fight with Max Holloway. There's a lot of fighters that are out there doing their thing. But what's a big name value fight that you can see slide in there? And the only one that I could really see slide in there would be um, Izzy and DDP in terms of a big time pay-per-view. Uh, or if Alex was to drop down, back down to 85 and fight DDP. Well, but it doesn't, even it, if he, it doesn't have the Even if same. Alex didn't drop down, he could go up. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, DDP could go up. I, I just I just don't see it. I would see like more of a storyline though, is because of the history of the N-word being thrown around inside the cage by Izzy and to DDP and then all the back and forth back. They've already done a full like almost press tour around all that. So why not get that fight together? What's the it's the fight that makes the most sense. But that's where I would if I was obviously if it was me in charge, if I was a Dana White for a day, that'd be the fight I'd be trying to make. Not saying it was gonna well, it's gonna come, but I would say that. But Izzy has come out saying he will not be fighting. Anymore. There you go. And, you know, so, you'd be well, surprised what fighters will do for money. There you go. <laughs> you know, I mean, I'm sure when Kamar Usman was sitting on the couch, he didn't think to himself, yeah, I'm going to go fight Hamza Chimaev, you know, in seven days. I don't think he thought that, but be surprised with money. He did. He did as soon as someone put a certain number. That's in front right. Of him. <laughs> there you go. That's uh, the way to do it. What you got for us, Dave? All right, I'm going to let you talk to this one, Josh, because uh, I don't even see this in the news headlines. Like, um, at, so, this is an really MMA thing, though. It. it will be an MMA thing, but it's not, <laughs> a, it's not an MMA thing right now. 
um, you have the Ferrari brothers down there at Kill Cliff Gym, but you also, um, you know, it, there, there's a lot going on with with this situation, <laughs> John, as you know. Um, just, I don't even know. <laughs> go ahead. Come on. I don't even know Come how on, to baby. get into this. I don't even know how to get yes, in. Yes, you do. Just go. He's got a lot of baggage that comes along with him. Who does he remind you of, though, when you think about it? Uh, looks-wise or, or personality-wise? No, not looks-wise. I was like, looks-wise. Back, background of wrestling uh-huh. and the personality that he brings a lot of baggage. Pat down. Yes. Yep. Yep. No, no, I get it. I get it. It's the... Look, go ahead. AJ Ferrari can wrestle his ass off. Yep. He is a stud. You know, his last wrestling match, which he actually won... If you if you look at it, yeah. But then he got disqualified by the referee after the match was over. But I don't know. Yeah. Um, I, from inside, like kind of just from inside stories, I'm hearing that he's kind of wrapping up his his uh collegiate career. He will. It doesn't yeah. sound like he's gonna be wrestling. It sounds like he's gonna spend some time down at Kill Cliff and see if that's the gym for him. I could see that being the gym for him. There's a lot of guys there that can help mold him and shape him. You've got the guys that you need. You got Gilbert Burns to help him with his jujitsu. You got Logan Story to kind Logan of mentor Storley, him a little Robbie bit. Robbie Lawler, the wrestling. You've got Kamar Usman that's there. You got Robbie Lawler. I think he'll fit right in with those guys. Now, the Pat Downey situation does ring a bell with him in terms of like, can you keep him under control? We're not going to deny the fact that he's a hard worker. You don't get that good at wrestling by not being a hard worker. It's just that the the attitude, the conflict with the other fighters, will that happen in a room full of just killers? He's going to get humbled pretty quick because wrestling's not going to get it done. It will not just be wrestling that gets it done in that room. No. Got guys like Jason Jackson who can wrestle, maybe not at the level of of AJ, but he can definitely um you know, put some hands on you to make you worry about taking your shot from certain positions. You got Logan Sorley who can for sure wrestle with him. You've got Kamaru Usman, who probably can for sure still wrestle with him, but it's going to be maybe not because of the, the knees, knees but, you know. Um, yeah. But then you, you've just got all these guys that are there and available to kind of help mentor him and get him there and, and get him to the level that he needs to be. His wrestling mixed with a little bit of jiu-jitsu defense as well as some offense. I think you can see him fight within a six-month period. You got Jordan Oliver's down there too. There you go. So there's another guy. A little bit difference in weight. weight a class. little bit difference in weight class, but having somebody that you know is wrestled at the highest level in Jordan Oliver and understanding like, hey, let me just try to guide you just a tiny bit. That's all you got to do, man. That's it. That's where you're at right now. So, I mean, both of them, Jordan Oliver coming from Oklahoma State, uh, AJ also Oklahoma State, like just knowing that and then left and went to Iowa. But then you yeah. understand like it's th- that, that personality, I think, Jordan Oliver could actually help guide him and uh, get him to where he needs to be. I'm looking forward to it. I think if he if he really just uproots his life and takes it down to down to Kill Cliff, he's got a great chance of making a good run. He's a hard worker, obviously, or he wouldn't be in the position he's in. Uh, he's just got to dial down the temper, and I think some of that will be some of that will come naturally, only because he's going to have to end up being humbled in that do you, inside. That do room. you put him? Do you put him in the same category as like a Bo Nickel though? Yeah, I would, but um, if they were to wrestle, I would say probably Bo. Uh, but I'm saying though, it would be close. Yeah, and Bo, but I feel also too, Bo is very, 
the, t- the temperament is the biggest thing. Bo is very focused and driven on what his goal is. His goal is not to let anything Bo get in the way. Bo is very mature. Very mature, yes. AJ's got to gotta figure this out, man, because look, yep. you're, losing, you're losing hundreds of thousands of dollars in NIL deal. And then that, you lost all that. That was something that could have carried you over after you got done wrestling in college. Could have carried you over into your fight career, at least kept you, kept you on track to where you could afford to get a, a place in Florida. You could afford to do this and afford to do that. Like maybe money's not an issue for you, but it's, it's just nice to have that to fall back on going, Hey, I can, if I need to get training partners to come in and help me train a little bit, I can fly one in. If I don't need training partners, maybe I need to get a new, a new place with, you know, a sauna, a hyperbaric chamber, whatever it is, you have access to money to help you grow, bring a nutrition in to help me with my, with my training. Cause it's different than having to do it for, for uh, wrestling, the way I eat nutrition wise for wrestling will be a little bit different than the way I eat for a fight. Cause I'm training two, three times a day versus training maybe once in the morning, then having a 10 hour gap and then training again later in the evening. Um, and going to school during the day. So there's, there's a difference on how you take care of your body when you're in college wrestling versus when you're a professional athlete. So I'm looking forward to seeing how he grows. He's just got to dial down the temperament. And I think some of that, some of some of that will come because these guys are going to humble him a little bit inside that, inside that room. You got to learn that you're going to have, they're going to make him fall in line, John. Come on, man. There's no way that you can go into a place, no matter how good a wrestler you are yeah. and not be humbled at times on the mat by people that know a skill set like the level that is at kill cliff. You know, you got guys that were world champions in jujitsu. They're going to catch you when you don't understand what they're doing. Once you know, different story. Yeah. I, I use this story all the time. The first time I ever grappled with BJ Penn, he tapped me like four or five times within like a three or four minute period. It was the same damn move. <laughs> it was, you know, we started off on the butt, basically was able to sweep me, get back to the back up to half guard, pass the guard, right to mount. I tried to turn and get away and mount escape. And then he just went right to my back and trapped the arm. Trapped the arm with his leg, and next thing you know, Legs. you're tapping. Like, it, it was, that's what he did. That's what he did back then. That's what he was able to do to me, and it was very humbling. And, you know, just because I was beating everybody on the lower-level shows, and then this guy comes, I'm like, ah, oh, this guy's not that good, da 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 and they're good. And when you take someone like an AJ Ferrari who's been the man, you know, at the places he's been in the wrestling room, you're going to have to eat some humble pie. And so we'll see how he takes it. We'll see if he can get along with those guys in that room. Hopefully he's got it enough respect. He could be really good, though. He could be really. He could good. be really good. He could. <clears throat> yep. yep. What else you got for us, Dave? All right, here we go with this one. Uh, the Rock <laughs> is appointed to the TKO Group Board. Um, he, here's a quote from The Rock: "I'm very motivated to help continue the globally to globally expand our TKO WWE and UFC businesses as the worldwide leaders in sports and entertainment. Um, I want to get your thoughts on, you know, how how does The Rock help?" the ufc piece of this um is it presence is it more presence at the shows to just kind of help drive audience is it is he creating superstars like what do you guys think where does he make the impact i think some of it goes the opposite look i'm gonna i'm gonna go a little bit more of the political way on this he took a a fucking pounding when he did that video in hawaii with oprah winfrey he took a fucking pounding why it just seemed very it just seemed very fake. 
You know, and all the money that went, apparently some of the Hawaiians, a lot of Hawaiians were saying that they never received any of the money. They don't know where the money went. No one's ever. It's because it was a matching thing. Oh, uh, so uh, look, I didn't follow into it too much. Um, so he took a pounding in that situation. And then also too was on a, was on a mic, I think with Kevin Hart, I think it was Kevin Hart and um, basically said that he wouldn't vote for Biden again. Uh, you know, he made him Joe Rogan. I think was that on Rogan. I think so. Yeah. Okay. So, um, you know, I think. This is now going the opposite direction. Let me join a company that is the complete opposite of what I've been attached to right now. I, I don't put anything past people's handlers when it comes to someone like The Rock, who they've got managers, they've got press secretary, <coughs> press secretaries, but they've got uh, people that handle their press. They've got um, everybody that points them in a bunch of different directions saying, hey, this is what you got to do now. This is what you got to do now. So when I look at this, this is one of those moves. I think financially it makes sense for him. I believe they paid him $30 million to uh, in shares, I think is what they said. Um, and now he also gets a, a spot on the board. And it makes sense. He's been attached to the UFC for a while with their clothing line or their shoe brand, I believe, his shoe, shoe brand. brand. And so there's a lot of reasons on why he should do it. You know, the BMF title, you know, was originally put around the waist, I believe, of Masvidal with with him. Is that correct? Yep. You know, so there's there's a lot of reasons they tend that he tends to get along with Dana, I believe, obviously, or he wouldn't be as involved with the UFC and showing up to shows as much as he does. Um, overall, I think I think it's a good thing for the UFC to to be attached to him and him being attached to them, given them where they're at right now, uh, for both of them. Maybe I'm wrong. What do you think? No, I didn't look. At, I think it's a it's a actually it's a perfect matchup because he is involved with the UFC already. He was absolutely involved with the WWE. He's one of their biggest stars, you know, there's been, and he's a sound businessman. Okay. He, every one of us is going to make mistakes in they were, we're going to do this and we get caught up in something and it doesn't go the way we, we thought, or, you know, we had a bad plan to start off with that can happen to anyone. But I do believe like he's got a good name for the most part. Yeah. Okay. And having that good name and having the, the background that he has, a guy that look, he didn't he didn't come from a lot, you know. He has made himself who he is you now, and he he has a personality that people gravitate towards. And I you know I've been there around him and stuff, and he's a gracious, you know, guy. But all guys that never fought, like The Rock, they want to be kind of pushed into that. You know, I'm part of I'm part of the real fighting world too. Mm. You know, this, and I think it helps him. It helps his brand. It's going to help his brand even more, you know, being part of both of those. So I think it's a good thing for both him. And I think it's a good thing for TKO or you know, IMG, WME, whatever you want to say. You know, I never watched him as a wrestler ever. Really? I don't think I've seen one match of his ever, but. What I did like was that when he came out, um, <laughs> you just disappointed the hell out of podcast. <laughs> day. Did you not hear that? I, <sighs> I never, I never, I don't think I've, I don't think I've ever seen one full match of his. I've seen highlights. I've seen some of his trash talk, uh, but see that. Then that's the part that I will say. I, I never, I didn't watch so much, but if there was two guys that I would say that I enjoyed listening to them on the mic, you know, a lot of people are going to say Ric Flair and stuff like that. And Ric Flair is, is who he is. But The Rock and Steve Austin yeah. were absolutely freaking gold 
on the mic and just the stuff that they would say and how they would say it and the timing. That's why he's in the position he is in Hollywood. Look, he's a great actor. Yeah. But I wasn't until I saw him in Hollywood that I realized someone that can go from being the machismo guy on the WWE to taking some of these, these roles that he was taking and yeah. having success. I remember, I think one of the first movies, if not the first movie did was Scorpion King. Yeah. And it was it was very bad CGI on some of the stuff. <laughs> so you could but, okay, go to Randy Couture's Scorpion yes. King where he was the bad guy. Horrible. Was, they even changed it his was whole horrible. voice. It was so bad. <laughs> but then he went from there to doing like some like nanny stuff and like parent. Like, it was like it was very fun. It was like kid, more kid yeah. type movies. And then he went back yeah. into like comedy stuff he's, with Kevin Hart. But he's self deprecating. He uh, can laugh at himself. Yeah. He can make fun, and that's. And it wasn't until I started seeing him in those type of movies that I started going, you know what? I really like this guy. This guy's fantastic. Good stuff, you know? And um, the growth of that was definitely something that I really enjoyed. Uh, those are the type of people that I enjoy, like um, watching in in sports and everything else. So and he, I thought he did a great job. Dave, can you pull up the Steve Austin uh, thing that I sent you guys a while back? Remember we were talking about with John? Uh, no. Oh my God! God that's that's great. The that is fantastic. Ever. This, these are the type of people that look go from the machismo thing to um, the machismo thing to to that. That is well. It, here, hold on. We 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 have to clarify all of this because Josh did send me this little tape of Steve Austin because obviously one of these cold plunges <laughs> gave Steve Austin. A cold plunge, uh, and one one of the things you got to do when you get something like that is you've got to show yourself using it, and, you know, and yeah. plug the company, and that's that's fair, and it, you know, should be done. And I finally found someone whose kryptonite <laughs> of cold water is right there with mine because I all the time talk about I dude, if there's something I cannot stand, I hate cold water. I mean, it is absolutely brutal to me. And Josh sends me this. He says, hey, look, this is like you. And, and I watched it, and he was in there for not even, you know, just waist deep, oh, basically. Yeah. He was in there for two seconds and got out. I said, he handled that a whole lot better than I could have. <laughs> he said, hey, guys, I'm going to have to re- 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 revisit this motherfucker. I'm going to have to revisit this. Yeah. <laughs> he couldn't even get the lines out. This is Steve Austin, Brooks Cole Rancher. God damn motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Dave, play the video. Is it the first one there? Yeah. I believe so, yeah. It was the first time he tried getting in there. Oh! oh. Look at that. <laughs> so <laughs> He's got his clock Woo. in his hands. You guys are listening at home. Yeah. He's got his clock in his hands. Watch, and he's trying to, he's supposed to be in there for three minutes. He's not even balls deep. No, yet. he's only like knee level. He's like maybe mid thighs. Yeah. But I want uh, the part that I want you guys to pay attention God to is he's he's trying was, to say uh, to the people it was listening. God damn it! Watch. Hey, what's up, everybody? It's Steve coming through Broke Skull Ranch. I got this. Uh, ah. right there, <laughs> <laughs> hey, what's up, everybody? Steve coming through Broke Skull Ranch. Hey, what's up, everybody? Steve coming through. <laughs> third time, third take. Uh, about to do my first cold plunge and renew therapy. Uh, my shop is the best. 43 degrees right now, so I'm sure the water is sub 50. I was going to start off at 50. It's going to be a little bit colder than that. And now we're going three minutes three. here. Once it's on to 12. Going to go five, three minutes. Four, three, 
two, there we go. There he goes. Ah, damn. Ha ha. Ha ha. Son of a bitch. Ha ha. Ha ha. 13 seconds. 13, 14 seconds. He's up and out, man. Listen, listen to him, though. I'm going to have to revisit this motherfucker. <laughs> Uh, uh, now you gotta admit what did, when I when I typed to you, I said, "Hey, I'm just telling you, he handled that a whole lot better than I could." <laughs> well, he's got to know. Like, I, I think when you do things like you have to tell people what you're gonna do before you get in there. He, oh, dude, he got in there, was trying to explain it, like what he was gonna do. Just, just explain. You know, you, you know the needles that are going into oh, his legs with the cold water and stuff. He's in I mean, it's like, oh. And, that was classic. I love that. And that's why I love that dude. Oh. He's just he's just who he is. John, I have <laughs> I have a cold plunge and the first thing I do when I get in the cold plunge, dunk my whole body, my head, everything. Oh, I know Brutal. it sucks, but it makes me feel like it's so much easier to get acclimated to the water right away. As soon as I dunk my whole head, I come back up, I'm like, okay, it's cold, it's painful, but then your body kind of relaxes for a sec. When I can when I only go like chest deep, it's the worst. It feels there is no so... there is no relaxation God. ever, <laughs> ever. Oh, but that was one of the funniest videos. I, I told you, I told you the story about my wife and her phone, right? Where you, she left it again somewhere? Oh no, no, no. We we had a, a place right on the. Uh, it's called the <laughs> Channel Islands Harbor in California, and you know in the winter time. The water in California is about 50 degrees, you know, somewhere in there. And we had a, we had this little dock and it had this little, you know, uh, basic storage area that, you know, you could put your stuff in with, you know, the boat that was there and you know, put a lock on it. And my wife, my, my daughter goes and buys her a waterproof case because at the time iPhones were not waterproof, right? And buys her this waterproof case for her phone, right? And she puts her phone on the damn box that's you know, for storage and then decides to lift the lid and the phone goes dink 15 feet down right and she goes my phone <laughs> and she's looking at me and she knows i hate cold water right and she goes she goes i i, I can't i can't go down that deep right? and i go god damn it you know, I am oh, son of a bitch, and I'm thinking about it, right? And it's like, and I said, so my first thing is, all right, I'm gonna call it to see if that motherfucker is still working because I don't want to go down there and that case doesn't work, right? So sure enough, I, I call it, I'm looking, and I see it. It actually lands oh. face up, and you can see it lights <laughs> up, right? Oh shit! Man, it took me about 15 minutes to finally say, all right, and I jump in. Go down there and get that damn phone. I hate cold water, man. <laughs> cold water. It happened from college when I played water polo, and they made us go into that damn freaking ocean water all the time, swimming around freaking Belmont shores in Lombie. I hate it. Hate it. Um, Torture. <laughs> I can see too, Miss McCarthy going, yeah, you can go get that anytime, anytime now. Go ahead. Um, uh, to, to wrap this up, though, and to finish this up, um, I've noticed that a couple fighters have been announcing that they've been released from the PFL uh, even before the first event. Really? So, Who? Josh Hill, Mike Hamill, Sydney Outlaw, 
uh, Carl Brexton, Joey Davis, Jalen Bates, Jordan Lugo, uh, Sabah Hamasi, Josh Hill, um, Diana Asaragova. Asaragova. Yep. Um, you know, a couple others that are in there. But um, I've seen I've seen a couple of the fighters. Josh Hill made it pretty public going, hey, so much for um, us being able to at least get an opportunity. So he was pretty frustrated. But just, uh, yeah, something to kind of keep an eye on, see who is making the cut and who is not and who's making the transition on over. But I wish all those fighters the very best of luck. And um, hopefully you guys find your way into um, into another promotion or somewhere else. And then you, you got to look and you said one name in there. That uh, Sabaho Masi. You talk about a guy that puts on entertaining fights. Yeah. That just goes out there and either you know puts his sword through someone or falls on it. Man, the the dude fights. Mm-hmm. It's not the kind of guy you want to get rid of, in my opinion. Yeah, um, Shamil Nakayov, him also. He's he was undefeated. Oh my god, he's. I yeah. think he is still undefeated. No, he lost to Mike Campbell his last fight. Yeah. So that's one guy. You know, Mike Campbell is another guy that normally fights his ass off. A dog. Fights at 45, fights at 55. I think he's staying at 55 now. But the other one that kind of surprised me was Sidney Outlaw. He's ranked in the top seven or eight, whatever it is. You know, I know he's come up short on his last fight. I believe he lost his last fight. Yeah, he lost AJ. <laughs> yeah, AJ. So uh, in that fight, um, you know, I mean, but he was still in that top, in that top five or six or seven or eight, wherever he was at. Uh, there's... There's not a ton of really, really good 55-pounders out there, especially in the grappling area. So I, I was su- kind of surprised uh, by that one as well. So Joey Davis is because he's just inactive, just doesn't yeah. – he's got his first loss. He hasn't been the same since, uh, since he took some steps away from the sport, came back and had a loss. Um, you know, <clears throat> Josh Hill's a good, a good fighter as well. I really enjoy watching him fight. You know, so there's a lot of fighters that are in that list. But – yeah, you gotta be, you gotta be honest about things. Josh Hill at one thirty five, getting up in age. Mm-hmm. He's what thirty six, thirty seven, something maybe. Not somewhere sure. right close to that. Okay. I, I could be wrong about it, but um, you know, had some good fights in Bellator. Had some, mm-hmm. you know, fought fought tough guys the whole time. You know, w- wasn't able to get past uh, some of them, but yeah, mm-hmm. thirty seven years of age at one thirty five. Yeah. You got to look and say probably making more money than a, a lot of guys. So yep. It's a tough one. Carl Brexton also. Uh, Jalen Bates, Jornel Lugo. Um, I'm surprised about Jalen Bates because Jalen Bates can fight. Yeah. That kid's going to be good, and he's young. Yeah. Um, And then... Uh, did Buddy's in 135. Yeah. And they don't have a 135 division. As Sarah Gova, did she, did she fight... A, did she ever fight in PFL? No. It was the no. uh, Mahaknaktina. Yeah. She was in yeah, Marina. She, yeah, Marina. <clears throat> Her and then uh, Jesse Roberts. She was also let go. So uh, that's just a handful of the ones. Like I've got uh, some people that are sending me some more uh, names. It seems like the list is uh, gonna gonna grow here pretty. It's soon. growing. But I want to wish all those fighters the very best of luck, and uh, hopefully we see you guys uh, in another promotion, building yourselves back better, and um, getting back into a major organization here soon. So. This is the shitty part Good of luck. when one promotion folds up into the other, and you got to make some make uh, some 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 tough decisions. So shitty shitty situation. <clears throat> Wish you guys all the best of luck. And um, before we go, go to WayneInMerch.com. WayneInMerch.com. Pick up some of our hoodies, our sweaters, our hats, our beanies. All the stuff is available there. 
also thank you guys so much and subscribe to us on our clips channel here as well as on our main channel uh hit that uh subscribe button hit the little bell notifications uh it's gonna be a slow week man no fights this weekend john what are we gonna do I know what I'm going to do. I don't want to do it, but I, I'm going to go do it. So. Uh, well, hey, safe travels to you, my man. And uh, hopefully Thanks, we sir. will see you uh, next week. And John, we will see you. 